0: expecting that but i i don't know uh, how i feel about you doing that give it another go
1: yeah rock and roll
0: that's better <laughs> yeah that's better <laughs> it like a girl on a like a little fun ride initially <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> no, sorry <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. so the reason i'm doing that is we're going to be talking about a music comedy rockumentary, if you will. <laughs> and the film is called This Is Spinal Tap.
0: So yet yeah, again, I have no clue what this is or anything, really. I saw the front cover and it's got Stonehenge on the front. Well
1: well the yeah, the context of that 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 is is part of like a packaging of a like a special edition thing. I got a while while back, but I didn't I don't have the amp that kind of came with it anymore. I don't know where that's gone. It's a little tiny mini-amp.
0: I'm looking at you completely confused. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure uh, I'd know if there was an yeah, amp yeah, in yeah. this house.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was something you could just plug your... You connect your phone to or something. It's something like a mini, like... Speaker. speaker. yeah, basically. Oh, yeah.
0: That's a shame.
1: Yeah, so the, the syringe is, is, is a symbolic of something that happens in the film anyway.
0: So, with this one... I was like looking at the front, going, "Okay, I don't really know what yeah. what this is. I don't know." And the spinal tap, I was thinking, "Oh, is it going to be something to do with somebody's spine?" I... Yeah, it's not a horror film, no. <laughs> or like they've like had an injury or something, so they're <laughs> having like some spinal operation. Right. I, I don't know. I didn't think it was yeah. going to be a band, and right, then okay. we didn't really go into any more on that, did we? You didn't really get me.
1: No, no. I, it's kind of like because there's not really um, like a synopsis as such of what it is. It's kind of just like on. On the road with this fictional band, and, sure. and and like how they're doing at the concerts, and like and just like the day to day stuff that they're doing, kind of thing. So it's kind of just like a documentary style kind of thing. But it's it it's it's deemed one of like the funniest films. Oh Jesus! Of, oh, God, wish so, me luck. Yeah, you know me with yeah, comedies, yeah, I'll be sat yeah, there yeah, like t- not even laughing. Tough not to crack, really. <laughs> we kind of tough comedy. I know it's kind of subjective, but I I find it quite. Amusing parts. It's not like rip roaringly funny, but Okay. I, I haven't seen it in a while. But it's what I think it's one of the things that kind of grows on you a little bit with the humor. Initially, you might be like, oh, "Okay," but then I don't know. You kind of ex- you know what to expect. I hope
0: I don't upset you <laughs> with me like not being interested yeah, with the humor but, and being hmm. not laughing.
1: Okay. But we also have a guest join us uh, when we come back from watching the film.
0: Yeah, and. He has been on previously as as well as a guest, so that's I don't know if that gives it a clue or not. I don't know,
1: (laughs) not as such. But he is in a band Mm -hmm. now, so so hopefully he's he's got some relate to this. Yeah, yeah, very much. I I, I'm looking forward to we're hearing what he has to say about it. I'm
0: really interested. I feel like you you two are going to be probably more beneficial on this than me. I don't know how much I'm going to be bringing. My only rock band history is guitar hero
1: Hmm.
0: and that that is it like
1: yeah
0: i had a bit of an emo phase like when everybody did (laughs) and then it's gone so and i know a couple of songs but i'm one of those people who yet again like movies i know the song and i can sing it to you but who actually is the artist and what the song's called
1: right i won't won't know obviously the band isn't Real, so the songs are all written for the film, basically. Yeah, so they're not real based okay. on real songs or anything. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's written their to... own
1: material. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Looking so. forward to it. Yeah. Uh, anything better than what we've been kind of having to watch the last month? So I'm excited.
1: Okay. Right. Well, we will speak to you in a short while then with our guest.
0: We'll be speaking to you shortly.
1: You see, most most blokes are gonna be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, Put
2: it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder, and make 10 be the top number, and make that a little louder? These go to 11.
1: we're back from checking out This Is Spinal Tap and also we have a very special guest joining us who is a bit of a musician himself. Please welcome back Mike Milatello. How are you sir?
2: Hello. All all, I am great. How are you guys been?
1: A fantastic yeah and uh, very psyched to have you back to be talking about um something of the music genre really a music film again almost from the obviously last time you joined us we were talking about pirate radio or the boat that rocked which surprisingly is still quite one of the one of the most popular listen to episodes of the entire series which is kind of (laughs) of weird but of all things but i I don't know why but it's really popular
2: so (laughs) it truly is a is a such a great movie. So was this one. Like whenever you take a movie and you have such a big focus on music, it's I usually like how they how they turn out. There's only been a couple that I haven't, so
1: but um you've also re just recently released uh an album. Is it your debut debut album with your new band?
2: Yes it is. Um uh, my band Ashes Rise. Uh we just released our uh debut album called Thoughts in My Head on uh, Basically all streaming platforms, you can get it. Um, you put it on your Instagram stories, the so Snapchats, all that fun stuff. But yeah, we just released that. I believe it was on the 8th there. And uh, so far, I mean, it's been doing great. Um, it's got a real wide range of, uh, from like your harder rock to like thrash metal to, there's a couple, there's a ballad in there and there's even an acoustic song in there as well. So it's very much a um, a finding, Finding the band's sound that we want to go with forward, as well as uh, lyrically wise, just kind of breaking down how we think about specific things there. So the whole thoughts in my head there is kind of like how bringing out how we're perceiving these different things, especially with things going on today, though.
1: So I've had to listen to the album actually, and um, I, it's it's right up my kind of alley, really, in terms of that hard rock metal, mm. like screamo kind of metal corg thing go, that's got going on. So, uh, Sophie had listened to, listen to me,
0: she'd be like, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> Just a little bit <laughs> of screamo for me, it's not maybe my thing. I think I had an emo stage. I don't know if you had that in America, where like,
2: yep, yep, probably
0: I was about 16 years old. Everyone like listened to My Chemical Romance.
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So that was like yeah. the extent of it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's literally. It. I used to play Guitar Hero, so like any music, like kind of hard rock, is literally from playing Guitar Hero. That's like my oh. my knowledge.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, like and like my girlfriend there, she's not. She's really not big into the screaming stuff. It's, and I, that's the reason why I wanted to, you know, put like um, oh, what it? like little things and thank you. So it still has a little bit of that softer yeah. feel there. Save it all there, and then. If you don't like heavy, I'd stay away from the first couple songs of the album because <laughs> it starts to mellow <laughs> out as you get towards the end there. In the beginning there, when we first started writing, originally it was supposed to be like an entire like pop punk album. And then we started tuning down guitars there. And then all of a sudden we started adding this and that. And next thing you know, we got to where we were on the album. It's like, okay, this is new territory, but I, it's really fun to play though. That's for sure. The 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 songs I like stand out
1: for me like the the opening one which obviously like you say like a really heavy opener gets you in the the, the frame mind for like what's to come kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> and then i think it's uh pour it on is the other one i really kind
2: of vibe with yeah, yeah. pour it on is very much it so oh, i guess um with in god we trust we were trying to figure out a way to like open up the album like okay it's got to be something that shows what the band's all about so it starts off with that with that guitar riff and then it just starts building on and it's just stays heavy there and then um pour it on there we're like dude all these are serious like we need a party song so i'm sure if you even listen to the lyrics there too it's it's just about going out to the bar there and seeing like a live band hanging out getting completely shmammered with your buddies (laughs) there and just having a great time awesome yeah that's great that's great
1: Uh, and now we'll get on to talking about the film in question this is spinal tap um we'll start off with you make as a like a generalization of what you how you found the film i know understand this was your first time watching this as well as
2: sophie it's uh so i mean i've heard about it through like i heard little snippets like that i guess back in the day people thought spinal tap was was a real band i guess Mm -hmm. and uh and well i guess all the members actually like performed it though Like, all the actors actually performed in the recordings. Yeah. And, uh, like, Christopher Guest, like, wrote, I think, like, all the music there. And the fact that uh, Michael McKean, who plays uh, David there, is actually singing that blows my mind. So, that gave me even more of a drive to actually check it out. Because, you know, most of the time there you get, like, Mark Wahlberg and Rockstar there where he's just lip syncing it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I believe they actually did, like, a couple of, like, tours as, obviously, the actors... Like singing as the band um, down years down the line, I think as well. It's kind of like you know they carried on with it, making it seem like they were a real band in actual real life, not just in the (laughs) film, which is kind of cool.
2: I think that's awesome—the fact that that these uh, actors who are also musicians are able to you know go on multiple tours there and pull it off. Like if you're that good at what you're doing there, to like basically have everybody convinced—that that's that's amazing.
0: Well, to be fair to me, when I watched this, I was like, is this actually <laughs> a film and are they a band? And I actually just thought it was like an old band that they were doing like a documentary on or yeah. something like that. That's literally <laughs> what it felt like. And Paul was like looking at me thinking, no, Sophie, it's just a movie. And I'm like, What's so These people aren't like actually singers? And
1: <laughs> Yeah, they are. This- it's obviously making fun of the whole, like, the- Mike, you might know, I don't know, probably more than me, in fact, but... About the whole like oh you know the the complications you have within the band you know like you know like rubbing um shoulders with with other other bands mm-hmm. like on tour or there's a bit of rivalry between like a guitarist and the bassist or something like that kind of thing might might be occurring as you tour and like you know like oh you are bringing your girlfriend along yeah thing it's just
2: vibe you know <laughs> ruining do, the vibe yeah they do a very tasteful version of it without it being like too like insulting or anything on it yes and and just in the very beginning there, with their like first initial interviews with their responses and to the questions and whatnot mm-hmm. like that gives it just more of that goofiness than that like insulting sense behind it there, yeah, and so uh when when they wrote this, they did a great job of going the correct way about it there but but, like you were saying, Sophie, it's uh I did notice that too, it's like a band that's that's already been established there, how um it's been i think like. 20 25 years that they've already been going so you're kind of like seeing like the descent of the band's career there so like they've already i picture it as they've already had you know this big huge following and all that and then all of a sudden now they're kind of expecting the same but it's eh, it's not quite the same there it's just not yet. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> it's kind of sad for them really isn't it it's like done in a humorous way but to be fair it is like they were a star on stage, and then now they're declining, and the popularity of them is just not there anymore. They did say it was like a cliche kind of rock band thing, mm-hmm. and then you could see, even though I was daft, there was a clip of the like what looked like the Beatles to oh. me, and I was like, okay. and I thought it was like the Beatles straight away, and I was like, no, so if it's not, and I'm no. like, <laughs> but they were trying to do different genres of music mm-hmm. just to kind of keep yeah, with like the trend,
1: musical trend of the. Uh, yeah, so this is like one of the I think the cab driver or whatever the limo driver is like. So, oh, this is just a fad or phase mm-hmm. or whatever. And it so like like they say that when they were started out in a different band entirely, they were kind of like you say like looking like the David uh, was the David O'Sullivan show where mm-hmm. the Beatles yep. first performed, and then obviously like more hippy-dippy vibe in the seventies, <laughs> they went for again with the sitar type thing and and all that kind of stuff. We saw the footage, so it's kind of yeah, it's obviously making a joke of the whole like. How you know music's changed all that of that era? That's the kind of music that was coming out and sounded almost like bands sort of like sound followed the same suit of, mm-hmm. of the style. And you see that happen
2: yeah. a, happen a lot with bands that change with the time, like um, uh, like Pantera back in the day used to be like all straight up mm-hmm. glam band, glam rock band. Listen, to ZZ Top back mm-hmm. in the day, and they were a lot more um, they weren't quite as like blues rock as what they what they used to be. And um, like this movie, as well as um, I think it's a walk hard, the Dewey Cox story there, like do a good job of showing how these bands are basically jumping fad to fad to fad. The only thing is, if you try doing that in real life, at least if you're a smaller musician, by the time you get that material out there and get all that done. You're already on to the next fad <laughs> And then so you're always a step behind. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it just takes so much time for all of it.
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> so true. I do want to know though, um, Mike, who is your drummer? Because should they be afraid for their life? Because is it a thing that the drummers always die? Because it isn't this one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> drummers are so hard to come by. Um uh so currently, um our drummer actually just switched over to uh guitar. Um so he's actually our rhythm guitarist now. So currently we're doing a, a whole audition process right now for a drummer. But I, I feel like drummer, the part of the joke there is drummers, I feel, ch- unless you have like uh, Neil Peart or like Keith Moon or like some legendary, Travis Barker, some legendary drummer, people go through drummers so much and drummers half the time are just studio musicians and not even acknowledges the band. Right. Right. But yeah, like I think they said they've had 32 or 34 different members. Yeah. And the only members that have changed is the drummer. <laughs> yeah. And they're asking the drummer there, uh, are you worried? It's like, no, it's just a matter of the odds. And then their very last US show there, he just fought, he just explodes but, yeah. right there. For
0: me personally, that's my favorite instrument. So I really like the drums. So I think that adds the most. <laughs> so, like, if I was, I'm, I'm not musical at all, but if I wanted to, I would love to be able to play the drums but now looking at this you don't last long in a band or you're gonna combust
2: (laughs) i honestly feel like in real life like i feel like drummers probably are the ones that last the longest because uh at least especially as of recently we had a lot of deaths with singers and or guitarists those are usually it's the drummers get all the energy out on the stage yeah and then afterwards they're all set until you start you know getting into all the old age stuff and you can't do nothing about that though but but yeah, usually I feel like it's singers and guitarists there that usually uh, kick the bucket first.
1: Obviously, like these ones in the thing that are like, "Oh, he died in a unknown gardening accident," and all this kind of yeah, funny stuff. Like, like what does that even mean? Kind of thing. It's
2: like just best best leave it. To- the cops said it should just go unsolved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the that-
0: problem is my head's vivid, so I straight away was thinking it was killed by like. A lawnmower or something like that. I was thinking, as you trying to?
2: I was thinking, like gardening shears or something.
0: Yeah, and it's like I don't know, but (laughs) yeah, it just seems really strange that the drummers just evaporate Mm -hmm. into thin air.
2: The next one then choked on somebody else's vomit, and their response was, "Well, you can't dust for vomit (laughs) (laughs) because they they had no idea whose it was."
1: (laughs) just sounds
0: like the most disgusting way to die.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah, (laughs) that was the worst part. I was trying to pitch it like, okay. And that's the th- that's the problem. I went into too much detail in my head. I'm like, how on earth do you go about that? I was like, nope, 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 nope. This is nasty. This is nasty. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best leave it there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, In terms of like, obviously, there's a lot of lot of different jokes and stuff because it's kind of like it does like these interview stages or like when they're just on in the midst of the mm-hmm. tour and then they obviously cut to the stage and stuff. Is there a like, have you got any favorite particular like jokes that or s- sketches as you were that that come to mind when you've watching this film? Be like, oh, that is so hilarious.
2: I just I feel like the so when they're in um Nigel's uh, like guitar room there and uh, he's going through all of them. He's got the one that still has like yeah. the little uh, slip thing inside there. Like, no, you, you can't play it. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Because, like, I have a a nice one on the guitar there. I don't touch it. Nobody else touches it. (laughs) So uh, between that and probably the amps going up to 11, because after this movie came out, yeah, uh, Van Halen actually got their amps set up to go up to 11 afterwards. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like the fact that he's like still defending himself, he's like, but couldn't you just make it louder? But that's eleven, and then that's how they end the scene, right? <laughs> yeah, there. exactly. Yeah, it's just great.
0: <laughs> so, with the amp going up to eleven, then, so the, mm-hmm. I'm guessing they normally just go to ten.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, as so he explains. Yeah, it.
0: yeah. So, what impact does it have going up to eleven? I don't
1: it's, understand. It's, it's one louder, but it's one louder. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all it is.
0: But is it louder in general? like, Or is it just more like noise? Does it make it worse going to 11? I don't
2: know. So you just on a technical you're... term, yeah, on a technical term, <laughs> it all depends on what it is. Um, For your volume, it'll just make it louder. It won't really do anything else. But the thing is, I mean, ten's already max. And if the AMP already has a max there, there's no point in having 11. Eleven's just your new yeah. 10 then. <laughs>
1: But it's just for so the. It's complete. The it's
2: all for show. It's completely pointless.
1: Yeah, yeah. What about in the when obviously when there's any like performance scenes? Is there anything in particular that really stands out for you?
2: Big Bottom, the song Big Bottom, I thought was the coolest, funniest thing in the world. I'm like, okay, so this is the names, and we have these uh, like surround sound speakers in the bedroom when I'm watching it, and the song's all bass guitar. So it just, woo, woo, I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> And then I'm watching. I'm like, okay, there's the bassist. Yep, he's playing that. And then it says, oh, okay, Nigel's playing a bass also. Like, okay, David's also playing a bass guitar. <laughs> so it's a song here with three basses. And the only, like, kind of higher up part you have in the chorus is, is, the, is the keyboard player there. And I was like, I would have never thought of that in a million years. Oh, yeah, that and then uh, probably uh, Derek Smalls, the bassist, getting trapped inside the inside of the little pod thing yeah the, just getting yeah. slammed on him when he gets back in.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is hilarious it really is but it just shows doesn't it what can happen when you're on stage like you just have to carry on oh yeah you can't like i would be in hysterics like if i was a singer i'd be like laughing my head off really but you have to carry on singing <laughs> even though he's trying to play the guitar exactly <laughs> Base, in yeah. this
2: what is it though like that's, it's a queen, yeah or something. <laughs> yeah it's just where I describe it and then it's like oh, can't, yeah. yeah he's got it like straight up like this the entire <laughs> yeah. time but the thing that's hard to note and I didn't notice it till the second watch through but if you uh see Nigel's guitar he's got like this little kid's tiny electric guitar there <laughs> that he's playing it's 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 probably like two water bottles here put together there for the no. size of the body it's absolutely <laughs> tiny but since there's so much focus on on uh, the bassist yeah. Derek, there, I I didn't even catch it the first time there. on oh.
1: uh, with the bassist, I, I was saying I think it was the 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 big bottoms one was. Um, is there? Is this just, I know you can get guitar with like two. Is it heads with the obviously with the, the fretboard and stuff? Oh, two heads. Yeah, th- yeah. Is, 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 double neck. It mm-hmm. does exist a thing with
2: two bass the only ones i've i've seen like in person for a double neck uh bass guitar usually one will be a fretless one so it's just basically just the flat rounded neck there and it gets a different kind of sound from it um and then the other one will be obviously a fretted one or they'll have one that has has just the four there which is usually uh once again a um a fretless and then the other one will have like uh either a five or a string a five or six string bass there but for the most part, bases are already usually obnoxiously heavy. Uh-huh. So when you go tossing, making a larger body and then an extra, it's not needed. Anybody who plays a double neck bass, it is not needed. You guys are just showing <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah, I just I just assumed it was something, obviously, again,
1: for the the for the fil- purpose of the film, just like something just over the top ridiculous. It's like
2: the 11 amp. Oh, all those they got from, uh, I think it was Norman's Rare Guitar collection there. And... Um, so all those are actual actual bases that actually well guitars and bases that went through actual production stuff that you can buy online. Oh, right? Okay. Or at the store there.
0: It's interesting to know, isn't it? Because I'm so glad that you're on this call because I think to be fair, oh. this film would be wasted on me a little bit if I, I didn't gain <laughs> all this knowledge because <laughs> I don't know any of this. So it's oh. insightful to learn. I do know something I picked up from this, Paul, and I yep. wanted to ask you. Okay. So the vinyls within this they seem to be like their manager is really lazy he's knowing that they're kind of going downhill and the popularity is not that great yeah and it seems like there's not much budget there's like for either like the venues and such like that yeah yeah but also the vinyl it's all black it doesn't even have a title and i'm just like is this like a good mechanism for a vinyl does it make you want to buy it because you collect vinyls
1: so Uh, you mean because like they were talking about the the cover initially was like some really like vulgar you know sexist what's wrong with being sexy
2: (laughs) yeah oh my gosh that was perfect and during that scene, real quick, they both have cold sores on their mouth too, like they zoom <laughs> right in, and when they each have they had a cold sore.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I did go, Paul, what's wrong with the mouth? Yeah, mouse?
1: yeah, because no, I, I was thinking, no, wait, and then they put the next thing, yeah. and it's like, well, they <laughs> yeah. haven't gotten there now, so that must have been at a different point, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Weird. But, <laughs> but, um, I think it's just the, the whole reason for the black cover is because, like, well, we don't, we don't, we don't know what to do, like, we can't, Release the album without a, a change of the art cover, and it's too late to do something now. So it's like, well, oh, just make it black and <laughs> just like mysterious type of thing. And it's like, oh, it's, it's blacker than black or whatever he says. And it's like, make it trying to make some deep meaning out of yeah. it. Yeah. Of like, if, yeah. They, if
2: they said anything was blacker than this, there'd be nothing. This is it. <laughs> but I. I... <laughs> Because I know they brought up about the Beatles' White Album there, about how that had nothing on it. Yes. Since they couldn't put anything on it. But the funny part is, even with the Black Album there, then later on, Metallica goes on to have their own Black Album as well after that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of bands that have stolen stuff from this. <laughs> like, even,
1: even Metallica sounded like a little snake in the corner. You could faintly, faintly yeah. see. But yeah, yeah, just so you knew. But, uh, and, and the Beatles, the Beatles uh, did have at least had the text on it saying it was the Beatles. white. Was that at the Yeah, yeah. But this, had, but this had nothing on it. Literally nothing. <laughs> no, no, nothing on the back, nothing on the front. It, it didn't
0: even just... have the name on it. Which, yes, like... No,
2: no, yeah, that was the weird part. No band name or anything on there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at
0: least you'd know what it was, I guess. Because mm. no one else would be yeah, like that, I so it was original.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Gotta give them that.
1: Yeah. So would you have any any joke what was your favorite like joke or humor if, <laughs> if, if, if any
0: i love how you're asking me this question yeah joke humor hmm okay
1: <laughs> um hmm have something written down
0: well it's we've already kind of touched on it it was him being stuck in that kind of cocoon mm. thing that proper made oh. me laugh <laughs> so it was more the not actually their lines or quips it was more like their fatalities that went wrong for them that yeah, I yeah, found more yeah. funny because I think that the characters yeah they <laughs> really think they're so amazing and these big shots and they're really not they're going downhill and they're not even that popular anymore and I think that's quite funny to see somebody who's been put on a pedestal and they still think they're up there and it's like actually no you're coming back yeah, it's down funny. and the see cocoon it. the cocoon thing that yeah. was just hilarious because it I would, how many times has that happened? Probably to a star on stage, probably will have happened loads of times where they have these fandango things. And then yeah. <laughs> imagine seeing like Taylor Swift stuck in a cocoon or
1: something like yeah, that. that <laughs> <or someone. laughs>
2: the best part is like how they're trying to get him out, so like it doesn't even pan to him, them trying to get him out yet. And uh, oh, what is it? Uh, they're just sitting there playing, then I'm, I hear this clunk clunk, I'm like, what is that? And then you just see the stage hand over there <laughs> with a hammer. And then he breaks out of uh, a, like welding torch there. Yeah,
0: he's <laughs> also at the end when he finally gets out, and then everyone
1: else is going back, back in. in. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, gotta go back in." And he gets
2: yeah, he's half. Yeah, he hurries up, and they just yeah, <laughs> just puts his fist up. <laughs> like, there—that's how you own it, right there. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure if you guys noticed, but the two mimes inside. Um, do you guys know who those two mimes are? Oh, I know one of them, I
1: recognize the voice, I think I saw on the credits as well. It was One of them was Billy Crystal, but I don't know
2: as to who the other one was. The other one's Dana Carvey. Oh, right, okay. From uh, Saturday Night Live, the Master of Disguise. I, I was blown away, because, I mean, what's this, 1984? Yeah. So he would have been pretty young back then. So, yeah, it's like one
1: of those obviously bit parts, and obviously then they go into greater things down the, down the line. So it's, yeah, the two other comedy greats there, yeah that wasted on me (laughs) we know billy crystal from um (laughs) um, harry met sally or mike 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 wazowski Wazowski. yes for me the the two standout comedy bits in the in the film is um one where um nigel's in the the dressing room, and he's obviously like having all the food buffet. He's got is oh, that about yes. folding the sandwiches? <laughs> like, you do this and do this. Everything's got to be folded. And it's like, would you have one bigger bread or nicer bread or whatever? It's just that was
2: hilarious. Like, and that- he's folding it all so incorrectly. He's like, and then you fold it again. And it's like, no, it's already in there. It's already folded. But see, the bread just breaks. This olive, nothing. This one, oh, little guy in there. And and obviously that's poking fun. I'm guessing it like the ridiculous writers and whatnot for like a lot of the the rock bands back in the day there but
1: yeah like requesting silly things
2: yeah and it goes into it like a silly way of going about it without it being insulting too as well and they they tread right on that line they they did an absolutely great job with this film
1: and then the, the the stage performance one um well, it's kind of like two bit, isn't it? It's like when they talk are talking about making the prop for Stonehenge, <laughs> and they've done it in inches instead of feet. And then it's more the obviously like they don't the band don't know about it. Mm-hmm. And then when it kind of comes down, and it's just this tiny thing. A little tiny out, thing, well, and
2: then they start. get these these short yeah. people walking around, dancing around it. There, <laughs> that was a really good song, yeah. though. That was like that was yeah. a really great song. That one and um. Oh, I can't remember. Tonight I'm gonna rock you. I think was the other like mm-hmm. big song yeah. in there. Like they were really good, catchy songs on well, there. Yeah. Like yeah. they they did good on writing the songs there. i to be honest, I haven't. Truth
1: be told, I haven't really listened to like the, the full songs and full like the soundtrack or anything. But I imagine if you you probably listen to it all the way through. I don't know if it not mm-hmm. Don't know if it's on Spotify, but it'd be like worth listening to and be like, oh, yeah, this is actually pretty solid mm-hmm. considering all the writing and stuff and the effort they've kind of put into that because they do sound really good just even just from the brief moments you see the songs
2: yeah even like the ones where they're going through the different stages of the decades and whatnot like the what was that the flower people or something like that like it's a nice mellow song but it's it's a really good song though it's yeah usually i kind of expect like kind of like i guess like school of rock or something there where it's a simple three chord progression there and like okay you know any anybody could have really wrote that mm-hmm. but then here it's like okay so we've got these you know a little bit more intricate chord changes and you guys got a whole keyboard section here mapped out for it and i remember uh nigel's talk about his signature solos mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh it just it cuts to him shirtless there playing like the same thing over and over again and then he's like scraping his foot on another guitar there which would sound like garbage unless you have a pre tuned which it wasn't <laughs> and then the fact that he takes a violin and just starts scratching it like it's the bow and then the little tune on, on the violin there that's what did it for me because yeah. that's not gonna do a dang thing if you're just scraping along and it just keeps going it's like dude if that's your signature solo i am so sorry and i see why your venues are getting smaller
0: that is true and i think it's a couple of things really isn't it the ego of them all because they all think they're amazing but the management is an issue Hmm. and i forgot his name is it david who has the girlfriend yes
1: uh now janine yeah yes Yes.
0: i don't know if this is a thing in bands where there's always a girlfriend that has to be involved (laughs) and then wants to become the manager but she didn't do a great job did she really but to be fair they were going on a downward spiral anyways, anyways i think yeah. the name had gone through the mud a little bit
1: yeah like where are they now kind of thing that's when they be appearing on the radio station radio- oh, or yeah. Or so. yeah
2: uh but no i mean that's like a pretty stereotypical uh trope there yeah. and um i feel like a lot of bands at least um if you've been doing it long enough you kind of learn to to separate it's kind of like when you're at work there and you don't bring your your family problems to work there it's like okay we're here to have band practice write songs and stuff but then some people, you know, they can't find that boundary, like especially like back in the day there, it used to like with once again a lot of the, like eighties hair bands there used to hear about it being a problem like all the time, like oh no, I don't know why my fifth marriage to a stripper isn't working out, <laughs> and then like oh she's at every practice, let's have her in a music video, let's do that, and and then to where they get so involved there, and then all of a sudden it breaks off and just screws everything up. But yeah, like. The management there, um, I think his name was Ian. Yeah. You see in his office, there's like gold and platinum records in there, so he's doing something right with these other bands, but Spinal Tap is not getting the same treatment like every other scene. It's like, oh yeah, that show got cancelled. That show got
1: cancelled. Yeah, I feel really sorry for them in a way. It's kind of like, oh, it was so gutting, you know, thinking like because it, it's kind of like breaking through America is it, by the sound of things, really. It's like one, like on like an untapped market as, as such. hmm and it's just, like, not working out from at all. It just must suck.
0: I think the one that you see with the scene where they have, like, they're in a record store and they've got the vinyls and everything and they've yeah, got the, the big 3D poster kind yeah. of of them. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: And they're waiting for people to come. You know, there should be queues down the street wanting yeah. a signed vinyl or CD and nobody shows up.
2: Derek's just in there blowing his nose. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> But that manager they had for the Midwest tour there, like he was so over the top, like very mid Midwestern United States there. Like I thought we were friends. We are friends. Like nobody came. <laughs> but yeah, the I feel like a big problem for the band. Obviously, uh, uh before Janine uh, took over as manager was was well, it was obviously management the whole time. When you hit a situation like that, so you're already under a label there. And you've written the songs. Basically, the only thing you're really in control of is is your performance there. And their management did absolutely terrible on managing them, though. Like, because there's budgets into advertising and radio interviews and and all these different promotions here on talk shows and things like that. And manager supposed to set all that up if they do have a manager. And every time something screwed up, it was like, yeah, you know, we'll fix it next time. For every one fail, we get a hundred wins, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but your fails are pretty big.
0: It <laughs> <laughs> makes it sound like you don't need a manager. You should just go by yourself no. and do it like, as a band and just ditch that part.
2: If you like to keep the sixty cents you get for doing stuff, don't get a manager. Uh, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> when you, it, it's it's a lot easier um, if you have a band that has like multiple members that contribute. Which which I'm lucky enough, and and all three of us you know contribute on everything and with the whole recording and publishing and posting and all that stuff but um sometimes i feel like a lot of times if you do get that it's one member that's basically doing everything the other guys just kind of show up do their part and leave and then that one member realizes well i can't do all this and then they end up hiring out somebody but as long as you get a band that um stretches it all out there to everybody else so that everybody can bear the load there then you shouldn't need a manager, at, le- at least, especially not in the beginning parts. So or you shouldn't need a manager, really.
0: It's really interesting and fascinating, isn't it? I've
2: done my, I've done my studying through the years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm the novice. I'm not gonna lie. I think I glean so much from you two, and that's why I was so happy that we Paul was saying when we were going to put this on that we were going to have Mike because it's like there's going to be so much value added that we would have never. Well, you might be teensy bit. Yeah, but
1: it's interesting, and obviously a man who's in the know more so. Exactly. In, in terms of how the production goes and stuff with it. But and I know obviously like the touring stuff. I mean, I've you haven't played at like a
2: an, an airfield, have you, Mike? Oh no, no, no. <laughs> no. I've uh I've been to shows like on, on military bases from when, when I was stationed yeah. in Japan and stuff there. But uh even those, those were like a lot smaller than even anything Spinal Tap be playing. Like we're talking like there the there's a band called Hell Yeah, um that had the drummer from Pantera. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the singer from Mudvayne or something like that. And there were like, I want to say 20 of us there. So we got to hang out and like drink with the band afterwards. And even for like a, a bigger band at the time, kind of like a, we saw a red jumpsuit apparatus. We got to hang out and play pool with them afterwards there because there was nobody, nobody there. Mm. Actually, on the, on that note there of that part of the scene. Because you hear the radio frequencies come back later when Nigel comes back into the band. The same exact. Which means Janine did it. She's the bad guy of the movie. I I wanted to blame her for something as soon as she came in and started screwing stuff up. She's the bad person. She pre-set it up. It wasn't um, uh, Lieutenant Bob's fault there. She had it pre-set up to get rid of Nigel so that she could run the band since she had David wrapped around her finger she's the enemy i'm looking at the at her character shot on google right now and she looks like an evil character in uh, (laughs) her mug shot there
0: she is the one that kind of because dave and nigel have that relationship don't they they've been they've grown up with one another they like they are like brothers to one another basically Mm -hmm. and then obviously it shows that relationship not that i should slag off any woman but it shows what sometimes men can get swayed that kind of thinking with the pants
2: yep. um, <laughs> and,
0: and they kind of do lose track of what they've gr- created with their, yeah, their like friends, friends yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And it's like, well, this woman, I think she thinks she's trying to do the band good. She, I don't think she's trying to be malicious, but she thinks she's right. And sometimes that's the issue. She's not right. And she's not doing really well because Nigel is the key star of the band. So once you get rid of him, mm-hmm. The band's just going to flop.
1: <laughs> exactly. And they start doing uh, experimental jazz odysseys, don't they? Oh my Which... gosh, that was
2: rough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that goes really bad. If just... you
2: if you can't do jazz, don't try jazz. Jazz musicians are a whole breed of themselves. Yeah. They make chords up, they make keys up, changing tempos. It's like progressive metal, but like on steroids because there's no <laughs> distortion to hide your mistakes in because they play clean.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, they're so so in
0: like fun. a festival environment, though, aren't they? For that as well. Yeah,
1: the the before yeah. was it, a puppet show or something is listed before.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it like sounds the like
0: they're puppet shows. Getting... Final cap. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like the puppets flagging them off. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh yeah, because they were upset because they were afterwards on the marquee, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> we've got you've got a bigger dressing room than the puppets. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the weird part was their lineup too. Usually, when you see a band that has three people in front there, so we you got your two guitarists and your um and your bassist. You usually see the singer front stage and center, which would have been David there since he's the main guy. Mm-hmm. You never see it set up like that, where the lead guitarist ego so through the roof <laughs> that he has to be center stage there. And by the way, in the very opening, it says that they're both lead guitar. You don't have two lead guitars and no rhythm guitar. Yeah,
1: I thought that as well. I thought, oh, was that like an error? I, I'd forgotten that was the thing. I'm thinking, did I read that wrong? It's, yeah. Sure that's, again, it's probably like an ego thing more thinking about it now, isn't it? Yeah.
2: But I mean, I didn't even, don't even think I see saw David minus after Nigel left even play like really a single solo. So he's just playing like power chords the entire time. <laughs> so it's very, so, he's very easily rhythm. So I don't know why they put that on there. <laughs> but like like you were saying though, about how Nigel and David were like, basically like brothers i feel like every time you have that in a band as long as um you guys know how to resolve your conflicts the correct way then that's that's what makes great bands great uh, sections in the band link up tight it really helps out a lot for being on the same page there for where the band wants to go as well as especially in the writing process too i'm, I'm super lucky enough uh our rhythm guitarist, uh, Austin, him and I have been like, you know, bouncing band to band and like jamming together since we were like in middle school. And so we vibe pretty well. Um, I, like when jamming together, he likes his his scary heavy music, which is way heavier than anything we play. And then I I, ha- I like my hair bands and my pop punk and stuff like that. But like when we go to jam together, it's, it's all coherent, though. But then if you don't know how to resolve any differences you have, which we do, and you get a situation kind of like the uh, Gallagher brothers from Oasis, there, where they mm-hmm. just beat each other basically, <laughs> and then just then the band implodes from itself. But then you get a character like Janine to just put that those that final nail in the coffin there, and it, it's a it's a delicate balance, especially with the more people you get.
0: Yeah, I can agree. It is one of those things, isn't it, where you can have that connection, but then because you're so close to one another, you always hurt the ones that you love the most. So like I probably would be ruder to Paul than somebody that I would work with at work because it's like I you kind of your boundaries are different really.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: Yeah, it's insightful to see and I think what I really enjoy is when Nigel is comes back on the stage and David's like yeah, kind that, of coaxed in him. Oh yeah. And you can see his face like a face like thunder basically. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that relationship then carries on or not really. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, and and then, like, right afterwards, so he gets up there, he's shredding. And then their current drummer implodes on stage. <laughs> and then they just, uh, and then next thing you know, Japan. Yeah. And then they got a new drummer there. Yeah. His name's, like, Big Mama or something like that. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Poor drummer.
2: Oh. I, <laughs> that's one of those things I always thought would be so fun. Like, I can play drums a little bit, not enough to, like, play in, like, any heavy bands or anything like that. But it's, like, drummers you gotta remember they're sitting the whole time like they're not moving around or anything and drummers still kill the show like compared to some guitarists i'd rather watch travis barker or, or like an old clip of like keith moon and they're sitting there they're just killing it the entire time i've i've always wanted to be able to devote more time to it but i realized my my, my spots on on, on strings mm-hmm. so <laughs> like, yeah we'll get around to that later yeah. that's cool that's cool
1: uh is there any other scenes you want to bring up before we go to Scoring anything particular? Any else that stood out for you? Uh,
2: I think the main things that kind of stood out for me. So uh Christopher Guest he plays Nigel. Yeah. I didn't realize it, but he- do you guys know who his wife is? No, actually, no. I don't know. No. It's Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: Oh, right, really?
2: Yeah, I had no idea. But also the other thing, I think a thing that made this movie great was that uh Rob uh, Raynor here was the director, and I was like, I recognize him. Like, what else has he directed? Because like two years later, he had Stand By Me come out, Mm -hmm. which is one of the greatest movies I feel of all time. Mm -hmm. And then a year after that, Princess Bride, like you were saying, when Harry met Sally, Misery, A Few Good Men. Like this was like one of his this was like his very first one. And then it's just hit after hit after hit. That's right. Yeah. And I feel like that might be a reason why there was a second one that ended up coming out uh, because he finally got that backing there. But, like, his his acting's great, and there's just so much great about this movie. I'm really happy I finally got around to watching it. The only thing that I really didn't like was just as Janine gets more into it, it I understand you got to have, you know, an actual storyline to go with. You can't just have Goofy the whole time. Yeah, yeah but, sure, sure. Oh, Janine. Janine's character is <laughs> just like, it's like, why can't you guys see what's going on? And then <laughs> Harry doesn't care, the bassist. Oh, sorry that that was the other scene too. It, yeah, in the um, Derek. in the airport there when he's going through the metal detector and uh, it keeps going off. Yes, and then oh, yes. he just got a yeah. uh, what was it like a zucchini wrapped in tin foil in his pants. There, mm-hmm. <laughs> he just looks so defeated that he just walks off afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> they don't even bother scanning him again. <laughs>
0: I know it's an ego thing, yet again, that's what the joke is, isn't it? Uh But then it's like, you're going through an airport, you're going to be sat with that zucchini if you did get through for a flight. Like, how uncomfortable would that be?
2: What did they say? (laughs) We've got iguanas in our pants or something like that. That's why the girls don't show Um, up to the show. Armadillos, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Armadillos in our trousers. Oh, my gosh. What a great quote. Uh, That's going on my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh but no i think that was it and then yeah it's a great cast here they got too. um fran Drescher, i recognized immediately from the nanny back in the day there and then uh, obviously you know fred willard a lot of these people i feel like they got before they got like super huge there but then they ended up you know getting big afterwards here so yeah yeah. Like, I think Harry Shearer, who plays Derek Small's bass, is there. I think he still works for The Simpsons, like, from season one still to today.
1: I'm pretty sure, yeah. 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 He's, yeah, just so many of the different voices for that. So, yeah. Sophie, you got anything else to say before we score it?
0: No, I think that's everything for me. Have you got anything?
1: Yeah, just one final um, thing The Nigel says about when he's on the piano, he's like, oh, this beautiful. <laughs> He's, he's doing out the D minor is the saddest note. It just makes you weep instantly. And then the, he comes out. What, what's what's this called? What's the name of the song? Lick my love pump.
2: <laughs> and he's so serious about it. Lick my love pump. <laughs> or uh, oh, the other one when they when they bump into the other guy. Like, did you see what his album was? You know, he's all tied up and whatnot. Like, oh, it's okay because it's him. Yeah, you you can humiliate the the singer. Well, that's just a little turn there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's it was like I think he said a grease up naked woman on all fours with a dog collar, with a leash, and then they were like holding like that leather glove because it was like called smell the glove mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that, and they were wondering why they wouldn't put it out. <laughs> like, are you kidding me?
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't be an album I'd want to buy as a woman myself. To be fair, no.
2: yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? Because they said it got pulled from JCPenney's and Walmart. Could you imagine going into Walmart and seeing that on the shelf? <laughs> no. <there>? No. <laughs> oh my God. Their manager should have got fired just for even letting them think they could have done that.
1: <laughs> I think we're good to go to a, a scoring. So we'll start with you, Mike, if you want to give it a one out of 10, like before. So.
2: Originally, I was thinking like a nine, at least when I was first watching through it there. And then then we hit Janine. Now, Janine, uh, unfortunately, brings points down a lot, but the soundtrack really does bump it back up. Um, I have like driven around with uh, listening to the soundtrack prior to even watching it um, in the car there. And it's it's great. You can hear influences from different bands like uh, like like Kiss and uh, others. They went a great job about going about it, making it funny and uh but not offensive to that whole community there so i'd say a solid eight cool 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 um
1: i'm also going to give it an eight as well it's i I know a lot of people hold this in quite high praise it'd be like one of the funniest films ever type thing it's definitely funny but Mm -hmm. i think it's obviously of its time more more than anything now especially and and so there is stuff to come back to and, and laugh at like oh that's just great the way it's delivered or the, how it comes across mm-hmm. but I think it's just a, a really a good watch and it's good to just revisit now and again and for, for me personally
0: okay <laughs> now me <laughs> 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 so I think for me for a comedy perspective this is really hard so I don't know if you know Mike but I'm not really good on comedy I hate Adam Sandler as say in like any film I can oh
2: I, I recall yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, but this comedy actually works. It's got a fine balance of not cringe, to kind of l- gives me a little bit of a laugh. Not like I'm completely howling, yeah. Yeah. and it's it works quite well. So that's in its favour, I would say. Definitely, it's not in a bad light in that way. So yeah, credit to that. I think I laughed once. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, so what yeah, what, what part good. was it that made you laugh there
0: I, don't, I think it was the, the the pod the pod yeah, yeah, yeah. it was <laughs>
2: stuck.
1: yeah,
0: that was it. that was my favorite part, <laughs> I think in total, I love the music's good, I like kind of the genre, I think probably I need to look at a little bit more music in that area to kind of branch in my horizons, which Paul does with movies, but maybe someone needs to do that with music mm-hmm. I, obviously, my mum. um was more like Elton John, George Michael, kind of, when I was growing up. Oh, okay. My dad was David Bowie, but Tom Jones. Oh, what's the other one with the triangle?
1: Pink Floyd. Yeah, that's the one. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Believe it or not, I hate David Bowie. I know that sounds so weird for someone to say,
2: but that's another. I remember us talking about this last time.
0: So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just just a bit of a bad childhood
1: musically. That is yeah.
0: So I think the music side of it. Some parts you've helped me a little bit with, like the Beatles coming along, because mm-hmm. that wasn't much played in my household when I was right. little. So. For me I think it's a 7. I can't bump it up so high because obviously there's a lack of knowledge from my part. The humor was good though. Uh-huh. I enjoyed the band's the relationship I think works it works out as a happy ending in the end.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to think so on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and they, do, they kind of get back on tour and they're doing well for themselves. Um would I watch it again? No, probably not. No. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I think it's one of those I've watched it, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah.
1: but but. But you know the now now you know the turn up to 11
0: yes i will i'll know that at least i'll take that away with me whenever i will use that in a sentence though (laughs) is another thing
2: well apparently you got a sequel to watch too (laughs) 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 but no i mean they um i feel like having those two um david and nigel there as like your two main guys and not putting Derek the bassist in there nearly as much as like full-blown lead as more support there I think it was it was a wise choice there because otherwise, um, it it, it would have been a little bit too much. But like you were saying though, for the times there, because this came out in 1984, so it's coming up on 40 years old already, and I'm sure like especially for back then, sense of humor would have been lot lot more over the top. But it all the jokes I feel still semi hold up there to where you can get a good chuckle out of them there. And with the with the physical comedy as well. I mean, guy falls down in the middle of a solo, can't get back up. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> what about that?
2: <laughs> it's like things like that, or even like the pods. There, no matter what, somebody getting stuck in something like that in the situation. Like, I feel like stuff like that's gonna stay funny forever, and that's probably a reason why. I mean, right now it's at ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hi, yeah. T- things like that that age well. I feel like keep them going. Yes, definitely and- yeah, definitely. yeah. And without going to and kind of like you were saying, uh so Sophie, is like um uh it's not it's goofy, but it's not like the slapstick kind of where it's too over the top there. It's like a lot of like little one liners that dive in just a little bit more and then it knows like right when to cut it off. Because exactly. you can only turn yeah. it up to eleven. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. And also on the final note, is the fact that obviously the the three three guys uh they're they're all american and they kind of pull off the like the british like you know south london
2: accent quite well yeah for the most part yeah nowadays you see people like um oh what's her name uh she did the who's scarlet witch in the marvels there what's her name oh elizabeth olsen yeah olsen yeah because you notice she has an accent when she first comes into the mcu and then, like, by the second movie, it's gone. By halfway through the first movie, it's gone. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Like, <laughs> weird. Yeah. Sorry, MCU, but you screwed up casting her. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, they and they all, like, keep it going throughout the entire time there. Uh, the only one I thought was uh, Derek's kind of slips in here and there, but it's, like, a little softer, like, quieter parts, like, when they're seeing Elvis's grave. But other than that, like like you said, I. It seems like they stuck with it throughout the entire movie, there, which is good.
1: Yeah, I, I, I've really enjoyed revisiting this one as well. I hadn't seen it in a good while, and I didn't remember it being quite, quite funny. And it's like, yeah, it still holds up, most definitely. I can see why people really hold. It.
2: It's a good one to come back and watch like every year, every yeah. couple of years, or something like that. You
0: On know? your own. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, only run time as well. it's only like less than an hour and a half, which is very rare yeah.
2: these days
0: i love that though i don't know why films need to be three hours long (laughs) i don't have that attention span
2: yeah some of them like i like green mile i won't watch it just simply because it's too long forrest gump i'm not sitting through that whole thing (laughs) i think i've seen titanic all the way through once yeah i was very disappointed i don't want to really
0: i've never seen (laughs) titanic what
2: (laughs) i know what Titanic is so long. Back in the day, it used to come on oh, VHS to VHA. You've never seen Forrest Gump? <laughs> no. <laughs> Paul, how is this not episode one? <laughs> Forrest Gump is a... It is a masterpiece.
0: It's my fault, I think, because I know I'll cry. I know I know that it's sad. That's all I know. and I know they say life's like a box of chocolates. And I... I'm like I'm gonna cry, so I don't want to see it.
2: <laughs> so you don't know anything about Lieutenant Dan or anything?
0: No, no, no. <laughs> well, I know. I know it's what's like, his name. Okay. Maybe Look,
2: maybe it's something we need to do.
0: Tom Hanks, yeah.
1: isn't it? Here's, he's, he's, to me, here's like, what he has here's, been on the um, <laughs> on the, the list to of like possibilities, but it's like it's like also oh, like oh, sad, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Only if
0: you get me a box of chocolates so that I can yeah. eat it while I watch Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and she's crying there. It's so great. Yeah. Well, here's how it happened. So the world, so God made the world and then made Tom Hanks specifically to do Forrest Gump. <laughs> and then after that, nothing else mattered. Like <laughs> last time it was about the David Bowie thing, and and now it's about oh. <laughs>
0: Uh, I always have to leave something with you, don't I?
2: I am so flustered. <laughs> he's, gonna, am... he's not, he's not going to come back anymore. Well, even. do you
0: want, uh, if, if you want, we can watch it. And you can always come and join us.
2: Yes. Oh <laughs> Again,
0: if it means so much to you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I could watch Forrest Gump, like how they do the, the Christmas story, like on repeat on like TBS or whatever. I could do that with Forrest Gump any of the day of the week. One of the greatest movies of all time.
0: And do you cry?
2: Do I cry? No. Well, the only movie I cried was My Dog Skip when he threw his glove at the at the dog. I cried at that. Now, let's also bring up: I was like twelve or thirteen when I first saw that. So, <laughs> no, right? Okay. get a little bit watery,
0: but not Forrest Gump.
2: But no, you know, it's not. It's not that. It's it's not that sad. Mm-hmm. Jenny is a terrible person, so you don't feel so bad about it. <laughs> I guess Sorry, maybe it was spoiler. Jenny's a terrible person. I'm sure you've already seen the memes.
0: <laughs> no, I'm so oblivious. <laughs> I don't know who you're on about. <laughs> I don't know why Paul wants to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like locked up in a little cage <laughs> out of it. I don't know anything.
2: <laughs> Have you seen Dark Crystal? That's got David Bowie in it, right?
1: No, that's lab that's labyrinth.
2: Labyrinth. Yes okay. Apparently
0: yes. I've yeah, had to yeah. see both. Yeah, I've seen Dark Crystal. I prefer Dark Crystal to the Labyrinth. Yeah. Clearly. We know why, don't we? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had to sing, didn't he?
2: <laughs> he had to, because he's an amazing singer. Songwriter gone <laughs> through so many changes. It's, 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 it's okay. <laughs> to each their own. Yeah, to each. Their own. I feel like everybody on this earth needs to watch Forrest Gump at least once before they die, though.
0: I don't have to watch the Titanic, though, do I?
2: God, please don't watch Titanic. Okay. No, good, it's good, good, good. Titanic is so long and dragged on. Like it's it's a good movie, but Leo could have fit on the door. Everybody, there's maps of how Leo could have fit on the door. <laughs> He was over Rose's crap and her family. Didn't want to deal with it anymore so he drowned himself. <laughs> yeah. It is all true. <laughs> That's
0: <just> so sad. <laughs>
2: well, So true.
1: Well, on that note, Mike, I thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us on this episode. Sorry <laughs> yeah, we disappointed no, or Sophie more no specifically problem. disappointed you again.
0: I, I love how you have to be a teacher there. Like, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> like ju- yeah like just so you know hey i'm happy that you got to experience this movie i'm happy that i finally got to experience this movie because i i mean i didn't even rent it. i straight up bought it afterwards so cool. and like i said even just the soundtrack alone is totally worth it and i yeah. always love being on here with you guys thank you so much
1: no you're welcome so um all i say all the best with um continuing promotion with your your, your band and the album Thank you so much. Thank you. I... Is
0: there anywhere that Mike wants to?
2: Oh yeah,
1: plug
0: himself. <laughs> um, obviously it's on Spotify and available on all of your platforms. I'm assuming.
2: Yeah. So, um, the name of the band is Ashes Rise. Uh, the name of the new album is called uh, Thoughts in Thoughts in My Head, and um, it's available everywhere. Uh, Pandora's, um, iTunes, Apple Music, uh, YouTube Music there's just so much i can't keep up with all of them they're available everywhere if you look up ashes rise and then thoughts in my head it should pop up on any of your music platforms there so it's out everywhere and don't don't worry if you guys don't like heavy music there are softer songs there there as, is i can well vouch for that so we try, we, <laughs> there <laughs> and is there are you on
1: is the band on twitter or instagram or anywhere as well if i see you on a um with stuff, we
2: we tried Twitter. I'm really bad with Twitter. I'm too old for Twitter. <laughs> Why they put me in charge of social media is beyond me. But we do have um uh we have Facebook and um and uh Instagram. Instagram is Ashes Rise Band. Yeah, Ashes Rise Band. Um we do have a Twitter, we're not on it that much, it's uh Ashes Rise one. Mm-hmm. And then if you look up uh Ashes Rise on on facebook it'll pop right up as well so ashes rise of any any sort there you see their album cover our font for the logo there and that that's us not many people trying to copy us so
1: okay. <laughs> well thank you very much again mike for joining us once again oh, no problem thank and you and hopefully we do have you back at some point <laughs> yeah we're
0: going back for his cup now i already know because <laughs> he's so passionate <laughs> I'm so sorry again to disappoint you
2: <laughs> it's all good it's not just me it's the whole world you're disappointing by that So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> too true
2: <laughs> thank you
1: very much for listening to this episode and if you want to check out all our other episodes you can find us on Apple Podcasts Spotify, Podbean Goodpods, Podchaser and pretty much wherever else you might get your podcasts from.
0: If you do want to have a look at any of the content or followers on Twitter or Instagram, under the handle SP underscore film viewers, then definitely come on over there. and Either leave, give us a like, share us around, give us a nice comment, or any other films you want us to review, we can try and put those in the pipeline too.
1: I think with that being said, we will speak to you next time. Speak to you next time.